Two people sit next to each other on a plane. One turns to the other and says, I would like to save you. Can you see the call to the air marshal that is about to happen? Paul knew how to relate to cultures he was familiar with. Why then do we use Corinthian, Roman, or ancient Jewish cultural advice for the world today? Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Thank you all for joining us today. And we're kind of just for those who weren't with us for our previous session. Uh, can you just restate your name for us? Mm -hmm. I'm Andrea. I'm Gabby. I'm Rich. And I'm Michael. And I would like to ask Rich if you would read our key text and, our, and give us our prayer. No problem. It's found in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Father, we pray for understanding and clarity that you will guide us into all truth as it is in Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 So in our last session, as we were coming to a close, we were wrapping up with one of the questions that asked, uh, how do you distinguish between what are essentials of our faith and what are purely cultural, social, or even personal preferences? And I think where we were headed with that is that even in our religious stance, there are cultural norms that kind of impact how we play those out, those religious um, experiences. Mm -hmm. And so how, how do we distinguish between the essentials of that? I think, well, I'm going to give an example, mm -hmm. worship. Right. Um, and I think that it, we can get really in-depth with that. But the way I worship... Um, in Colombia when I'm back home is different than the way I worship when I am in the United States of America. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think that it goes back to fundamentally the Bible and mm -hmm. your beliefs and where you are grounded in them. Absolutely. Yeah. I think um, it, it definitely comes down to the principles of Scripture and how you're going to apply it in uh, your own context. I think something I remember my dad telling me one time is, um, when you're looking at lifestyle or different different issues like that, um, what's going to take you toward Jesus and what's going to take you away from Jesus? And I think that's something you can take to any culture, and it might right. look different. Um, right. But yeah, I agree with that. So, I mean, I think we can agree the scriptures were written through a specific cultural context, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the principles that exist within them don't change. Right. Yeah. So, if we have that understanding, even in our own cultures, and I like what your father said, is that. Is it bringing you closer to God or is it bringing you further away? Mm -hmm. And I think that remains throughout any culture. Definitely. So so that kind of transitions us to the point of the lesson today, which is Paul, his mission and his message. Mm -hmm. Okay. So our first question when we, when we look at that as we begin the lesson is in what ways is faith a fight and in what ways is it a race? Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Man, well, as an athlete... Uh, I'm more familiar with that second metaphor with faith as a race than the first one. Um, and I think that it kind of enjoins this concept of training. Before any good race, the runner must do a series of training. And it's interesting because the period of training always is longer than the actual performance. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's say a 100-meter, 200-meter race. It may last uh, 20 seconds mm -hmm. for a really fast runner. 
but training would be for hours and months and sometimes years on end. One of my favorite sporting events is the Olympics. It's coming up next year in 2016, and um, I would love to go. So I got to hook up to Brazil. You know, <laughs> send me there. There's going to be a lot of running, and these guys and girls have been training for for years, four, five, six, seven, eight years and their event may only be a few seconds mm -hmm. and that's the nature of faith as a race we're always in training always in preparation for a moment mm -hmm. that may not be that long mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. yeah i think um it's I, whenever i get to this question i feel like it's both obviously and paul describes it as both but i think what i see both um having the same is endurance i was just thinking yeah. the same thing. i'm glad you said it wow yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes I felt that in my own life, um, but just it, it takes endurance to keep fighting, um, mm -hmm. not to give up, and to finish the race. Absolutely. Yeah. And in, the reason why endurance is such a strong word mm -hmm. that I think perhaps we probably would have all said in maybe a different way mm -hmm. is because the endurance is kind of your inner thought. Yeah, it's something that you have to tell yourself. Like your attitude. your limbs don't say keep going. You tell yourself keep going. And what sustains that that mindset? Sure. You know what I'm saying? Discipline, um, training, preparation. And I think when you when you're talking about fighting and 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 in a race, that's something that you would have built through your own probably volition mm -hmm. but when we're talking about in faith that's something mm -hmm. God is providing to us mm -hmm. wow that endurance mm -hmm. so it doesn't fail right definitely. so you will win the fight and you will win win the race right. definitely so right. I, I love that I love that they brought that out like this mm -hmm. how can we know when it is appropriate to share certain truths with people hmm. well last uh, lesson we we talked about getting to know someone before mm -hmm. you talking to them like right. associating with them and being able to mm -hmm. relate to them before uh, telling like preaching or trying to tell them about your beliefs mm -hmm. and I think in the same way how do we know I think that as humans we have to develop that not everybody is born with um, the uh, privilege to be able to talk someone straight out the bat and be able to connect with them. Right. Uh, Rich, you might be able to, and I might like be so awkward sense. and then like, <laughs> you know. Um, however, I think that through relationships, through love, it sounds very cliche, yeah. but when you love someone first, right. when you get to know them, you know when it's appropriate to be like, hey, uh, so, what you're doing, I don't think that right. it's right for you to do. And I think it also comes back to like creating friendships because right. you're not going to take advice, harsh advice from someone you don't know as well as you would from someone that you've known for a long period of time right. or even someone that you relate to, mm -hmm. um, even if it's not for a long time. Right. You also don't know the appropriate advice to give if you don't know the person very well. So kind Yeah, of that's true. Ways. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And... I think sometimes Christians find it difficult, and even if they don't admit it, they find it difficult to to know how to use discernment in those situations. Mm -hmm. And I think that you don't always have enough time to build a relationship. So it's so important that who you are is lived out through your actions. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, that's because true. If, if you don't have time to, to build that relationship, I think, you know, I've been in the grocery store before. If my son's gotten away from me, I've seen someone say, hey, hey, your father's calling you. You need to go back to your father. And there's no reaction for me. I'm not thinking, hey, 
don't talk to my son that way, or right. hey, don't remember <laughs> my son. I'm like, oh, thanks. You know, right. You know, you, you could have saved him from something happening. And I think the the nature of that act was displayed through their their actions, mm -hmm. sure. if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know who that person was. I didn't know there was no real chance to connect. But I know that that action was something from a good nature. Mm -hmm. It was from a good, yeah, a, a good spirit inside. And so I feel like. Christians have to kind of pay attention to how your actions are being perceived mm -hmm. yes. because that sometimes is the greatest link you can build with someone. Yeah. Sure. And that's why it's so important when we talk about how Paul related his mission to the message. Mm -hmm. So I have a, a question. Yeah. Uh, many times through our youth groups and our um, you know, like community service outreach mm -hmm. that I've participated in, one of the things that we've had to do is pass out uh, flyers right. or bulletins or talk to people and invite them to an event that's going on in church and for me that's always just so awkward <laughs> because I right. don't know that I am I, I am I guess I have to be purposeful in everything I do but sometimes sure. people just want to like talk to you they don't want to be like hey come to church right this is what you need to do you know and so I guess my question is is it okay to feel like where's the awkwardness line yeah, yeah. like yeah. is it okay that I feel that way is it okay that I don't like that and I don't necessarily take things from people who are passing mm -hmm. them out right mm -hmm. yeah. I, I think I think awkwardness is 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 a natural emotion definitely and I think I think it's perfectly fine to, to experience that were you gonna yes I was gonna say something um, in connection with that, I feel the same way often, whether it's, um, you know, handing out material, even though I have nothing against the material and I think it's necessary, sometimes I can feel as though I'm coming off as pretentious. Right. It's like, hey, it's good to see, man, this weather's great, right? Man, did you see the game last night? Mm -hmm. Oh, man, yeah. So listen, um, on Friday, and I'm almost like, if that were me and someone were to come to me and I'm just feeling anything you just presented with, mm -hmm. the thing about the game and the weather, you it's all erased. Me. You right. pulled me in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You had my attention, and now you turn the corner. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing because in those moments, I feel as though I can connect with Paul when he was often asking that, you know, the people would pray for him to have boldness. Right. Because not only can I feel like I'm putting on pretense, but I just really feel awkward and, you know, I lack confidence in those sh short moments. I'm more comfortable in a space where, you know, we're going to be together for a few hours or I know that this relationship is going to have time to mm -hmm. develop. Right. That way, um, a concept came to mind when you're talking. It's a friend of mine actually told me about it, benevolent disinterest, okay. mm -hmm. which is my interacting with you, Mike, my interacting with you, Kati, Andrea, is not to get to an end, right. but just to see who you are. Right. Is there common ground that we have? And if the Lord should open up a door of opportunity, then that boldness right. that I've prayed for will come into play. Right. Right. One, one thing that I, I prayed for maybe probably a few years back earlier on was to know or to feel comfortable when I know Yes. That that situation is about to present itself. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the awkwardness for me is always there, mm -hmm. but it's to feel comfortable through the awkwardness. Uh, quick story, just waiting in line for a bus, I heard someone who happened to mention Seventh-day Adventist uh, Christian faith. And I, I was so um, intrigued at their definition of who that faith was, of who we were and all of the misconceptions that were mm -hmm. being shared. And I thought, hmm, this would be a great time to say something, but man, that will be awkward, <laughs> right? And so even though the opportunity presented itself, I was afraid of the awkward interaction that would happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't even know if I can remember fully verbatim what I said, but I remember the interaction led its way in such a way mm -hmm. that these people were actually intrigued by the factual information I was able to share mm -hmm. that was 100% opposite of what mm -hmm. they had understood it to yeah. be. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I walked away with a positive experience, but I don't know that I would have had that without asking for God to give mm -hmm. me yeah. that discernment to know when it's, when it's presented wow. to me mm -hmm. to allow myself to be able to make it through that awkward situation. I can't pray away awkwardness. You can't pray that yeah. away. Right. Give me the sustenance to make it through it. Yeah. That's kind of what it is. And then I think God just leaves the rest. I don't know that I'll always have those experiences. Mm -hmm. Have you had one? Yeah. I definitely I mean, have. Yeah. Um, my perhaps my most uncomfortable setting is in the barbershop. Okay. You know, always. that's a pretty <laughs> awesome experience for, you know, the beauty in the salon or the barbershop. You're getting your hair cut, you know, trying to look fresh. For, for some Sabbath. reason, it's an intimate moment. It's a very intimate yeah. moment. You know, you really don't want any interruptions. <laughs> and you're always wondering, depending on the conversations going around, it's inevitable. What do you do? How long have you been here? Okay, what do you do? I'm a pastor. Okay, what do you pastor? And then what do you believe? And you're wondering, okay, How's this going to go? Because I know I may believe some things that you don't believe. I got 25 minutes. You know, I got 25 <laughs> minutes. And at the end of the day, I'm going to have to, you know, either sink or swim. Right. Um, I've been praying the same prayer as you, Mike, mm -hmm. especially when it comes literally to barbershops, mm -hmm. because you have arrested attention. Right. You're not going to not finish my haircut. Right. I hope you don't. <laughs> so right. instead of me, Lord, saying, get me through this haircut, get me through this haircut, say, Lord, in these next few moments while I'm getting this haircut, and I have an audience, and this person's interested, give me confidence not only to know what to say, but how to say it, and if to say it. Mm -hmm. Give right. me that spiritual discernment, and you know, please, God, give me that level of comfort and confidence right. so that I don't have to feel like I'm all sweating and right. anything like that. And so the barbershop, I've experienced it both sides. Sometimes I've walked out and said, man, I totally dropped the ball, Lord. I missed the opportunity. But thankfully, other times, it's like, man, God, one for the team. You know what I mean? Or just, yeah. you know, in two weeks, you have to go back. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'll get him next time. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, as we look at the next question, is what did Paul mean when he said that he became all things to all men so that he could reach them for Jesus? Hmm. What does that mean? And it, it, it gives a reference for 1 Corinthians 9.22 if you have it. Right. Uh, so, so what does that mean? All things to all people so that I he mean, can reach them for Jesus. When you look at it in the passage in 1 Corinthians, he actually names some things. He says, uh, to the Jew I became a Jew, to the weak I became weak, that I might, you know, by any means necessary save some. And for me, one of the guiding principles that's lifted is he found common ground. Okay. Mm -hmm. He found a way to connect. And there's so many different ways we can apply that to our times. Um, mm -hmm. Just talking, we've learned that we're both athletes. We love basketball. And first time meeting each other, um, and we learned that we're sharing the same team. We like the same team, same basketball players. And that moment we found common ground. Mm -hmm. And the Lord can take that anywhere. Right. right. But it also is being sensitive. I think Paul was also super intentional um, about looking for those things. Like mm -hmm. I think of, I guess, maybe just in the mission context of, you know, super wealthy person coming from a wealthy country going to, you know, first world country or whatever. Right. They're in all of their beautiful clothes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Are they going to really be able to talk? Whatever they say is going to be taken through a filter versus if that person goes in, dresses like them, eats like them, uh, they're going to take the message differently, I think, in right. that context. You know, so Paul, for him to have become or found common ground with so many people, I'm wondering if I can raise this question. Do you guys think that Paul did some kind of research to know the persons to whom he was speaking? 
I don't, he, maybe he did. Um, I know it seems like he always went into a context and he sat like he sat with the people for a while. He went down to the river and talked right. to the women for a little while, but I don't know. I, I think there was some research. Remember, he was receiving uh, information right. about what was going on in these churches. He wrote letters mm -hmm. to okay. these churches and he, he was speaking to people about a specific situation most times. And so I think he had to have known probably some of what was going on. He may have needed to do some research. Absolutely. That's going back to what we talked about in the previous lesson and even what we talked about um, the first question about faith. Um, if you don't have that training, if you don't have that education Definitely. about who you are talking to, uh, you're not going to get anywhere. You know, and um, I know that personally, I have a lot of friends who are unbelievers. Mm -hmm. And I also have brought people who are believers to come and hang out with these friends and it's just so awkward mm -hmm. right. and I don't get it right. and I think that it's because if you don't know what they're about if you don't research if you don't hang out with them and uh, get knee deep into what they like you're not going to be able to tell them what you like because it just they won't accept it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, I, yeah, I think research is a, a big part. Sorry. That's okay. No, I th and I think maybe maybe it's also our definition of research. Maybe mm -hmm. it's not just about like let's go to Google and figure it out. Right. Yeah. But it's it's the people and the relationships taking time in those something even more fundamental. Right. Um, and you begin to notice even by the language that Paul uses when he is writing to his churches, it's intimate. Right. It's relational. Like he could speak to a particular yeah. event. I mean, in many places he calls himself, you know, I'm a father to you, mm -hmm. which tells me that it wasn't just reading a document about where I'm going, oh, this is Corinth, oh, yeah, this is Ephesus, and then he goes and meets out a whole bunch of information, just kind of like, here, you need this, open up. It was like, hey, what's going on? And these were people that missed him when he was away, and he missed them when he was away. And for me, that says it wasn't just arbitrary research going on or nominal investigation. This was a development of relationship over a series of time, a period of time. And this is this is good because it's happening again, a natural transition to our next question. Okay. Right? <laughs> so it's like, what principles of effective mission may we infer from Paul's ministry? And I think this is one of them. Right. Yeah, and I think maybe it's definitely connected with that as well, that it takes an attitude of humility because there are some times where we, we are just dropped into the middle of some culture that we don't know, like, mm -hmm. but, but God has put us there. Mm -hmm. um, so how do we, like, what do we need to do? Like what Paul did basically. I think it starts with the attitude of humility mm. and being willing to learn about other people and care about them mm -hmm. um, so that you have, you know, you can share. Another aspect of it is putting, it uh, comes along with humility, but putting what you know aside. Right. And not necessarily being two-faced because some people will you know, categorize you as two-faced when you do this, but changing the way you talk, okay. changing the way you act around these people. And I'm going to go back to uh, my home co country. Mm -hmm. uh, when I go to Colombia, the way I talk, the way I portray myself, even the jokes I say are different than when I'm in the United States, mm -hmm. just because that's how I can relate to sure. the people there. And I think that's what you have to put yourself aside. Oh, man. What's so funny? I, I, when you're saying that, the whole idea of talk, I just think of language and not, you know, English, Spanish, but vernacular and jargon. Oh, yeah. As a pastor, <laughs> I probably say, you know, praise the Lord multiple times a day, whether I'm talking to members and they're sharing a testimony, and you'd be surprised when I'm actually on the basketball court at a gym. Hey, man, good shot. <laughs> it's like, pra praise the oh. Lord. Thank you. <laughs> you know, 
I appreciate it. You know what I mean? Right. Because I'm so accustomed, and those things can kind of find themselves. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Right. But you begin to say, with this statement in a different context that is so appreciated, would it be offsetting in a different context? Right. And I think Paul knew how to kind of switch the language. You right. know what I mean? So that just came to mind yeah, when you said talking. Yeah, that's true. And um, I mean, to go to my mission experience, mm -hmm. I guess um, similar to what you were saying, I think the place, the culture that I was in was very reserved. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and some of the missionaries that came were not as reserved. So that was something that I noticed. We would go to town or something and they would just be like really loud. Mm -hmm. And it'd be really embarrassing um, because they didn't always um, know what they were doing. But mm -hmm. it, it, I could tell that the people didn't always see us the same. Okay. There, okay. It wasn't a big deal, but I felt like we could have been more effective if we had if we'd been willing to like okay slow down and like listen. This isn't just about us here. Like this mm -hmm. is about how can we make a message understandable. So even just becoming more aware of your environment that you're right. in mm -hmm. before you can even be effective in ministry can Ooh, sometimes so. make a difference. Yeah. 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 So I have a random story, but. We were in... Love those. <laughs> my parents were missionaries in Congo yeah. at the time, yeah. and I had gone for spring break to visit them. And my dad's like, well, come with me so you can talk to the kids. Um, I love youth, and I love kids, and that's what my passion is. And he's like, let's go down the Congo River, and there's a, there's a village there, and I want us to stop there, and you just hang out with the kids while I talk to the adults and just entertain them. And at the time, I was getting my teeth fixed, so I had braces. <laughs> and these kids had never seen braces before. So I get out... Let me try of, them off. Yeah. <laughs> right. I get off of the canoe and I'm so excited to hang out with these kids and I give them a big smile and they all start crying <laughs> and yelling and running away from me. You are a monster. And I'm like, why? She's like, to and take I us. didn't get it. And right. later on I found out that it was because they were scared of my braces. Oh wow. And I wasn't able to minister to them. Mm -hmm. Not saying that I would have ripped my braces off before getting there, but mm -hmm. if I would have, you know, if my dad would have thought of that beforehand or if we would have researched that mm -hmm. we would have been able to target them a little better yeah. um, like they just, just sit down and be like let's just so take a good look at me is right. there anything that might scare people yeah exactly <laughs> the whole time i was like <laughs> right do you love right. you yeah. exactly yeah. Right. hi <laughs> well now you could probably think about going back yeah exactly okay. now i'm that, good yeah. <laughs> um, relevant. our next question is if you were if you were sharing the gospel with an unbeliever with no background in Christianity, what metaphors do you think would be most helpful? That's a tricky question. And now is that in our own culture? Is that let's let's assume in our own culture. Okay. Let's assuming. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna. Uh, I don't know if I'm using a metaphor or an illustration, but um, I would try to find some kind of connection with social media, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Instagram. I'm sure we all have heard of before, mm -hmm. and the whole concept of following someone mm -hmm. to see what they're doing. For me, is just a modern or contemporary mm. version I like of that. scripture. That's a good yeah. one. That's you know, true. Jesus is always posting pictures, mm -hmm. as it were, of himself in the Gospels mm -hmm. and of, you know, God throughout from Genesis to Revelation. And based on the pictures that you see, you make a choice. Do I want to follow him mm -hmm. or do I not want to follow him? Mm -hmm. um, and even if you're not following, his account is not private. Mm -hmm. So you can always still see his pictures mm -hmm. and choose, you know, do I like, <laughs> do I not like? Very good. good one. And when you look enough, so that, I mean, that's one way that you yeah. can kind of find common ground with someone in this okay. day and age. Yeah, definitely. Any others? Oh, I mean, how can I go after that? <laughs> what, I, what I would think of is food. Uh, yes, uh -huh. food is, uh, and you know, more specifically, culinary preparation. Okay. Mm. So everyone can connect with food on one way or another. Even if you're not a great cook, you know how to prepare a meal of some sort, right. whether it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, or if it's like, you know, some fancy, like, seven cheese 
right. lasagna, whatever. Mm -hmm. The, I think a metaphor you can use is what's necessary to create the end product, Definitely. the ingredients, the instructions you have to follow to make it. And you know, there's different concepts you can pull, the concept of the law, the concept of faith, the concept of grace. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, if you miss a, an ingredient, how you can um, kind of substitute another right. thing, or you know, if sometimes you already have the ready packets of some, the shortcut way. Sure. I think food is a great way to connect with people because there's a basis for which most people can kind of connect yeah. with. Mm -hmm. But what, you know, I do we always need to use a metaphor? Can we always, can, can sometimes we just flat out say what we need to say? Well, I, yeah, I think it, it depends on the person that you're talking to and how much connection you have towards right. them. But I think something that I use often um, is, I, and I think because I grew up with this, my mom right. and my dad always said this, that Jesus is my friend. Yeah. Okay. You know, Your so homie. My, he's my homie. <laughs> and so I never, I always see. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and so I could always connect to him at a level where I yeah. wasn't necessarily scared of him. Right. But I had respect for him just like I have respect for my friends. And that's a great and, metaphor. And could relate yeah. to him. And I think that's the one I always use because yeah. I think Jesus cares about how I feel when my team loses or wins. Right. And yeah. how, you know, he cares if I lose my keys and I can't find them. And Definitely. so that's, that's... He sure does. Yeah. <laughs> As we kind of wrap things up, I want us each to kind of just throw out one thing that we think um, would be a good, simple change to make. That way we can ensure a non-Christian or someone from a non-Christian background are more comfortable with visiting a church. Mm -hmm. So th throw something out real quick. What's one change that we could make, an effective change, that would make a non-Christian more comfortable visiting a church? I'll throw out one. Um, more inclusive and broader language. Yep. So I'll give one example. I enjoy saying happy Sabbath, but in connection with that, maybe something that's just, um, it's good to see you all. Right. Welcome. Mm -hmm. Happy week. Mm -hmm. Happy week. Yeah. Um, not to offend anyone, but have more friendly people in the door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> smiles. Yeah, smiles. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, like even just in the service itself, sometimes you don't sure what's going on or who's around you. I think that's a good time to reach out to people and check in with them. One of the most effective ways, I think, are testimony times. Okay. Mm -hmm. We call them testimonies. Sometimes people just share an experience. They're like, whoa, I got lucky. They may say lucky, or maybe someone says blessed, even though they don't really know what it means. I think get, having a time where people share those experiences connect you to mm -hmm. one another. Oh, stories. And even if you don't know who to reference it to, if it's God, if it's you know someone else, you know that there is a period at which you've had time to reflect on something good that's happened in your life. And I think that's something that can help people connect to a church setting. If you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschoolu.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Michael Martell.